that video came out, <clears throat> the whole world responded and voted it like the top one. Because there's something in that that resonates with every human heart. I think something happens within all of us, whether you're near the end of your life or if you ever actually do any serious reflection on your life, one of the things that will happen is you just, you'll wonder if you can justify the life that you're actually living. And even just this week, Lad uh, lost one of his absolute closest lifelong friends, a gal in her mid-40s. I have a, the first guy I worked with right out of college, I love with all my heart, called him this week, and um, he doesn't think that he'll be there by the time in two weeks we're driving out to Michigan, and he lives in Ohio, and said, man, can I come and see you? And he's, he doesn't even know if I, he goes, I don't know if I'm going to be here, Dave. See, it's in those times right there where you have to really reflect on, on how you're, what was my life like? Can, can I justify my existence? How do I justify the way I lived, how I spent my time, how I loved, what I did with what I had? And we can really get to that point and say, well, I lived for whatever made me happy. Okay. Or we can say, I lived in line with what my culture dictated was the norm. Okay. And even if that's it, if that's what, what's, what's weird about all of our lives, you guys, is we realize, then what do we do when we, when we screwed up and when we fell short, like Johnny Cash here, when, when we hurt others? And how do you make that right? Like, I, I know this is a weird way. Part of me wants to just start off and go, hey, happy Father's Day, you know. And, um, but what's weird is, as a father, all you guys, don't you struggle with this? I mean, I struggle all the time when I look at my kids and go, and can I justify, how do I justify my parenting, oh my gosh, and how I'm doing as a dad. You know, we're all you're putting money aside for our kids' counseling, right, in the future, because, because we know that as much as I know what's right and what I want to do is right as a dad, I just fall short of that all the time. And there's not a person in this room, not a person in this room who hasn't looked in the mirror at some point and just said, what have I become? And how did I do this? What am I even living for? An empire of dirt. And then he says, if I could start again. If I could start again. And here's what, you guys, I am so psyched for this day. Because this is a day where you, every one of us in this room can start again if you want to. So we've been looking at Jesus, who was love on display, man, unbelievable display of love. But in the midst of his love, he said, and I've come down here to ultimately love you by saving you. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to judge you. I came to, to save you. But if that's the case, then as we talked last week, then, then there must be something that we actually have to be saved from. And so we're in this series, Here Comes the Judge, and we realize that we actually need a judge, the, the judge is what helps prevent chaos in our life and helps prevent violence and, and vengeance in our life. And thank God we have one. And he's the judge. God is the judge because he's the one who rules everything. He put the law into existence, everything that's right and everything that's good. And we all want rulers who provide protection and provision, and that's what God wants to do. But because he's the ruler... He must judge when things are out of order. And we looked at that last week, how important it is that you don't want to judge somebody who's in, in charge who doesn't care about things that are unjust. And then we talked about that we're going to be judged. Every one of us in this room, Jesus made it very clear that we're going to stand before him someday. 
and we will all appear before him. And I told you last week, it's like, don't miss this one. So thank you for being here. Because today what we get to find out is as we're trying to justify our lives, we have a God who's the judge who actually justifies. And that's what we're going to look at today. That this God who is just is also the one who justifies and I, it's going to be a fantastic day. So I just want to jump right in. I want to pray. Let's pray right now. Because here's, here's one of those days, you guys, where just, I'm, I'm just going to, I just can't wait to just throw this out here. I was praying with, with someone this morning, and, they, and, and as I've shared with you, every word that comes from God's mouth is like a seed. And like, like this is like, I don't know, a redwood seed, you know? This is a seed that if this gets planted, whoa, we're talking huge, gargantuan potential for spiritual life. So man, let's pray. Let's ask God to have his way. Lord, thank you for this morning. We worship you as the one true God who is right and good and just. And we worship you today because you are the God who loves us. And Lord, I just want to ask right now in the name of Jesus for your sweet spirit to be tilling the soil of every heart in this room and that your sweet spirit would just kind of take over. And Jesus, you would have a chance just to say exactly what you want to say today. Help me to be faithful just to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Wow, that is really bright. The message must be beginning. Here we go. All right. Number one. Why do we... Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. Let me read the scripture. Here's the scripture for today. Romans chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, Romans 3... Grab your phone, go on version. you can pop it up there, or it's up here on the screen. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. And this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Everybody's the same. For everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. This is great news, you guys. Because every single one of us at some point, is going to stand before the judge. And here's our God, who's the judge, who's just, who's justifying us freely. So number one, here we go. Why do we need to be justified freely? Why do we need to be freely justified? Well, first of all, what is righteousness? So he starts right off and he says, the righteousness of God, or trying to be righteous. 
Here's what righteousness is. And by the way, I just need to give props to Tim Keller again, who's one of my favorite people I listen to and learn from and study. A lot of his ideas are woven through this message. I just want to make sure I give him props. What is righteousness? Righteousness, Tim calls it, a validating performance record that opens doors. Righteousness is your performance record that opens doors. And we, we see this all the time in our normal world, right? So when you get, and, and you're a senior in high school or you're going through high school, your GPA matters, right? You have a performance record and it's called your grade point. And if you're going to try and get into school, the way that you validate that they should let you in is you show them your performance record. And that's what opens the door to be able to be accepted. We have that as the same thing. If, you've, if once you're uh, done with school, and, and I have friends right now, right, who are, and, and we're trying to hire positions right now, and everybody sends us their resume. What's a resume? Here's validating my performance. Here's where I went to school. Here's who I worked with. Here's what I've done. Here's what I can do for you, right? And out of that validation, they're seeking to be accepted. In righteousness, therefore, you guys, and here's what's interesting. Righteousness is simply your moral performance record that you're going to display before and see if it opens the door to God. And here's what's interesting. Every religion, every religion has this in it, that somehow the way you have performed, you're going to validate your ability to get into heaven. And so, and, and so you're going to get out your performance record. And what's interesting in the scripture, you guys, is righteousness and justification. It's actually the same word. It's the same word in the original language in the Greek. And Because when you think about if you're justifying, even in our English definition, it's to show or prove to be right. So when you try to justify, you're proving that you're acceptable or you're worthy. So this week, I went golfing. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, there's this little white ball that you're supposed to hit with a stick, and I'm horrible. And I, I seriously, it was I was the comedic relief basically for our team. Uh, it was a young life uh, a thing that we were supporting. And finally, I don't know about the seventh or eighth hole, I hit a ball straight, and I was like, yes! And without even thinking, I go, I've justified my existence on the team. <laughs> right. See, that's what we say. Wait, I've justified it because I finally performed in a way that's acceptable. It was right. And so all of us are doing that. So here's my question. Why do we need to be freely justified? Because, can I just ask you a question? Do you really want to stand before God in that celestial courtroom one day and justify your life? Do you really want to get out your moral performance record and go, God, here's why you should let me in. Is there anybody in here who wants to do that? <laughs> I'm telling you, it scares the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> and so, it's amazing. And I was thinking about this. Um, my wife's been gone all week, and I miss her. <laughs> and, uh, and what's crazy, you guys, if any of you are married... And your spouse actually loves you? Isn't that amazing? I mean, seriously. Because here's someone who actually is getting to know the real you. Remember we talked about the you that's going to appear before Jesus? Marriage is like a precursor of that. And when somebody actually loves you, 
That's amazing. And here's what's crazy. It's because they are actually love you. Now, I'm telling you, I know who I am. And if there's anything that I know, it's that I am so far from being righteous. I am so far from validating my justifying my reason to God that he should let me into heaven. The scripture said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you guys know, I don't think I need to say much more, do I? Why do we need to be freely justified? Because if you're not, then you're going to have to stand before God and justify your life before him. Yuck. All right. Now, what's crazy is, Paul, now in this passage, introduces what we call the gospel, which literally just means good news. Dude, I got some great news. And he, it's basically an absolutely unheard of approach to God, where there is not a good performance record or a, you know, because in America, you know, down here, some of us are better than others, right? And we've got, you know, we grade each other like B, you're an E, you're flunking for sure, you know, and that person's a C, I think. They might get in, you know? It's what, it's like, that's not what it's about. There actually is a performance record that's spotless that you receive as a gift. It's like this amazing resume. You go, <laughs> look at this. I didn't do any of this, but look at that. And it becomes your validating record. So we got to talk about this. What does it mean, number two, what does it mean to be freely justified? I'm going to do two things. The first one is this, what it isn't. Let's talk about what it isn't. Many times, can I, and I'm going to talk to men, all you religious people in here, all you Christians in here, I know so clearly now, after talking with, doing ministry for 26 years, and even within this last year, there are some of you in this room, and you do believe in Jesus, but you don't actually believe this yet. And it's why you're not free. Can't wait to set you free. Here you go. What isn't it? It's not any moral work of your own. None. Being justified freely is not you doing anything. And I think this might be the biggest hurdle for people who are religious. Because most people will say, I'm going to try and live the best life that I can. And I'm going to show God that I'm at least a little worthy of him forgiving me and bringing me into his life. And so there's a sense like, I'm going to make myself a little bit righteous and then God will do the rest. Okay? Now, I didn't know if I was going to say this. So I'm going to say this. This is the big difference, you guys. When I talk to people and they say, can you share with me what the big difference is between the LDS faith and the Christian faith? Can I just tell you, this is it? In my understanding, the LDS faith says, you do everything you can, and then whatever you couldn't do, Jesus will come in and take care of the rest. That is not the gospel. It's not. But here's the other thing I know. Some of you grew up Baptist. And some of you grew up Lutheran, some of you grew up Methodist like me, and you think the exact same thing. You do. You think you got to be good, and if you're good enough, then God will go, okay, you're worthy enough, I'll forgive you. You guys, you're still trying to justify yourself. You're still, you're even trying to justify God forgiving you. And that's not the gospel. 
And I'm telling you, that's good news, that you don't have to be good enough for God to forgive you. Can, can I read the, my favorite passage in all the Bible, Romans 5, one more time to you guys? You see, at just the right time, when you are powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Since we have now been, have been justified by his blood, how much more should we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Let me condense that all down to this. Here's what he's saying. It was the right time when you were what? Can you throw back up there verse whatever I started with? Six. Six. There it is. At just the right time when you were what? Say it. Powerless. Christ died for the what? See, isn't that great news? See, the gospel is when you could do nothing and you were totally ungodly and you were a sinner, which means you were falling short, and then it went on. Do you hear what it said? When you were his enemies, that's when he reconciled you. You guys got that? And don't miss this. Back to verse 6. It was just the right time. And the whole reason for that is to make sure that you would know when you could do nothing for God, he loved you so that you would know that it wasn't because of anything that you did for him. And people being justified freely is you got justified by God when you were a total screw-up. Isn't that great news? So quit trying to be good to get God to justify you. That's not the gospel. All right? Now, here's the second thing. What is it? What is it? You guys, it is so much more than forgiveness. Here's the other piece we miss. Forgiveness, you guys, is negative. In the sense that it just means that what you don't have. It means you're free from the liability of punishment. If, if you're forgiven, it's like you can go. You don't have to stay in jail anymore. Oh, okay. I mean, that's good news, right? I mean, if you're forgiven, your debt's forgiven. But it's all based on the negative. It's well, what you don't have anymore. Justification is positive. It's what you do have. It's a bestowal. It's not free from the liability of punishment alone. It's a bestowal of status. When you're justified, you have all the rights and all the privileges and all the benefits now. Of what? Well, God says this. Man, when you're forgiven, you become my child. Happy Father's Day. Because what God is saying is, what happens to you, not just are you forgiven and you're free to go. He goes, no, I've forgiven you. You're welcome to come. You now actually get to be with me as my child. You are welcome. And the verse you guys said, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Now check this out. The righteousness of God. What does that mean? That means a performance record. Well, whose performance record? Whose righteousness? God's. Oh, okay. So here's what's going on. Jesus, as God on earth, was righteous. So he had a performance record, spotless. 
And that performance record is now known. And verse 22 says, this righteousness, which righteousness? The righteousness of God is given through faith in Christ to all who believe. You are justified freely. And what's interesting with that verse, when it says you are justified freely, it actually, in the Greek, it means, it says, you are justified as a gift. You are given something. You're given a performance record by his grace. So now, instead of you going, I got to justify myself before God and show him that I'm worthy to get in, God's like, okay, we, we just established that, right? That you're never going to be able to do that. Can I give you a performance record? Can I give you a GPA, a 4.0? Can I give you a resume that will rock the world? Yes. This crazy verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Anybody want to try to explain that one? Let me, let, me, let me share it this way. On the cross, Jesus was treated as if he'd done everything we have done. So that when we believe in him, we are treated as if we'd done everything he had done. Can I say that again? On the cross, Jesus was treated as if he'd done everything you've done. So that instead, now, you are treated as if you'd done everything he'd done. There is a transaction that takes place in this beautiful moment, and it's called justification. Justification means that you're not only declared righteous. He does so much more than that. He actually, when you receive Christ, you receive his record of righteousness. So that now you stand before, and this is why, this is, <laughs> this is so cool. The Bible says, this is all foolishness, by the way. It's foolishness. But to the one who's being saved, it's the power of God. Because when you finally understand that the reason Jesus died on that cross was to take all your sin away and in exchange give you his record, when you put your faith in Christ, you receive Christ. And now the Bible says God looks at you without blemish and without accusation. That's awesome. That is. See, somebody knows that. See, because once you know this, this is why we love Jesus so much. And this is so critical, you guys. Because can I just tell you, when we get to this point, and some people will go, okay, but this is just crazy. Because if you're telling me that I don't have to do anything at all to get God's favor, then what incentive do I have, right, to do what's good? Because I need to do good for that. Well, see, guys, this is, this is what's good. Because um, when you, let me just kind of walk through this. If you lose all fear of punishment, if, I'm sorry, if when you lose all fear of punishment, you lose the incentive for living a good life, then the only incentive you have is fear. And fear is always selfish. Always selfish. And so here's what's crazy. is many of us who are religious, we think, okay, I might be judged if, 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 I'm, if I'm doing better. Well, what is, what is goodness, you guys? You know what goodness is? Goodness is completely selfless living. Really, at its core, 
goodness is loving God and loving others completely selflessly. So when you live a good life to God so that he'll bless you and so that you get to go to heaven, then by definition, it's not good. Because why were you doing that? Who were you doing that for? Yourself. And see, so from the very beginning, all of a sudden, it's all for you. You can say, I'm helping the poor. If you're helping the poor so God will think you're good, you're actually doing it for yourself and not genuinely just for doing it for the poor. (laughs) And what's crazy is only being justified freely can actually lead to complete love. Because if you think your goods are, if your deeds, if you think your deeds are good and they're accomplishing something for you, then your deeds aren't any good. Hey, you want something to lead to pride? Anybody know religious people who are proud? You know why? Because they don't know the gospel. Because they still think they got to do stuff and prove themselves to God. You guys, justification is so much more than pardon, and justification is not you proving how good you are. So here's a question. How do we become freely justified? The first thing is Jesus pays for it. Look at this. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. You guys, redemption, it came freely. Your justification came freely through the redemption that came to Christ, through Christ. You know what redemption is? It's when something that belongs to you is lost or gets enslaved or captured. And then you make a payment. You pay a ransom. And then you bring it back to its rightful place. That's what redemption is. And in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin, our sin is death. It's separation from God. So what's the ransom? What's the payment? It has to be death. And Jesus paid it. So here's the key, you guys. God is just, and he will not pardon you when you get before him because he loves you. Can I say this is so important to understand? Many people think, well, God just loves me. When I get to heaven, he'll just, he'll just forgive me. That's, that's, that's like um, imagining a guy who's a judge in a courtroom, and his son comes in who raped and murdered somebody. And then the judge going, that's my son. well, because I love you, I'm going to declare you righteous. I'm going to declare you innocent. What would happen again in that courtroom? You would go, that's absolutely unjust. And yet, what we're banking it on is because God is love, when I get up there, even though I did all this stuff against him, he's going, well, because I love you, I just set you, make you innocent. No, you all know that's not just. God will not declare you innocent because he loves you. He loves you so much that the judge comes down from the stand and takes your punishment so that he can forgive you. That is the gospel. He loves you so much that he is going to punish your sin and he punished it in Christ who came not to condemn the world but to save it. So that now you stand before Jesus and before God one day and you are free. Man, I'm telling you. You guys, wrong thinking so much 
is people will go, I can't believe, and lots of times people go, I can't believe that you demand this from me, God. You know, and I just want to say, man, that's such a lie from hell, you guys. Demand what? What's God demanding? You know what he's saying? He goes, no, I'm not demanding anything. I'm offering you my pardon. And I'm offering you myself. That when you get forgiven, you and I get reconciled and you get to live the rest of your life with me, which was what I created you for in the first place. And so if you don't want that, that's, God's not demanding anything from you. He's offering this to you. But if you don't want that, then again, as we said last week, you're free to say, I don't want that. And then you'll stand and you'll justify yourself before God. And so how do we get this? First of all, Jesus pays for it, and secondly, you just receive it through faith. You receive it through faith. And you guys, I just got to tell you, faith is not just head knowledge. You're not being saved by believing, okay? You simply realize that you are saved. It's not like, okay, I'll muster up this. No, you're not mustering. Right now, right here, some of you in this room are finally going, I get it. And because the light bulb is getting turned on, you're realizing I don't have to stand before God and justify my life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm completely justified. And then when you do that, you say, Jesus, you know what? I believe in you. And I accept what you have done for me, and I put my total trust in you. I want to receive you and your righteousness. I want Christ's righteousness. <laughs> His performance record, and not my own. And the coolest thing is, you guys, as soon as you receive Christ's performance record, you know what happens? Then God starts to work in you. You receive Christ, and he actually starts to work in you. So that all the good that you do, you just do it out of the love that he has given you. You're not doing it to try to gain anything. You're doing it because you love him. And that's actually good. <laughs> Instead of doing it, for yourself. And here's the point. Everybody has freedom to choose. And as I said earlier, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. So here's what I want to do this morning. I just, I, I'm going to just give you a chance to respond to this. You know, at K2, somebody told me this a couple weeks ago, and it's really true. At K2, if you've been here at all, you know one thing. We honor everybody's journey. I, seriously, if you're here and you don't believe in God at all, we, we're here. That's why we're here. If you're here and you're from another faith, or if you're here and you're just walking, what, I don't care where you're at on your spiritual journey. We are just here to help you walk to a place to take one step closer to God. But I need to let you know as well, there is a journey, and it's kind of like pregnancy, right, is a journey. And there is a journey like engagement, like dating, and engagement is a journey. But somewhere in the spiritual time, there's a decision that gets made. There's a moment in time when you finally say, I'm not going to try to justify myself anymore. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to receive his forgiveness and I'm going to receive his righteousness through the Holy Spirit so that now I can live the free life he created me to live. And that's why the Bible uses the analogy of birth. 
Because that's a moment. And that's why the analogy is there of marriage. It's not dating and checking God out anymore. Eventually, there's a time where you stood across from the person who said, I do, right? (laughs) And here's what I know. Today, some of you have heard God say to you, enough of just the pregnancy and enough dating. Time to become my child. And it's time to get married. And I just thought, what a better day for Father's Day, huh? Guys, remember the birth of your child? Pregnancy was like, ah, glad you're going through that. (laughs) But when that baby comes out, I was shocked at how much I could love her. And I just go, happy Father's Day today, because I think God wants some kids born today. And I tell you what, man, that prodigal son story, when that son finally came home, the dad ran to them. And so here's what I want to ask you just really quick right now. And I I don't normally do this, but I know I'm supposed to do this today. If you have never put your faith in Christ, just didn't want to make sure I knew what that was. (laughs) If you have never, if right now on your way home you would die, and you'd have to stand before God and justify your righteousness before him. And today you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to change my life today. If you want to receive Christ, put your faith in him. Receive his righteousness so that it's not based on yours anymore and allow him to come in and make you who you're created to be. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Just go ahead and stand right now. If you know. Now, now, now listen, not if you're already a Christian. Because if you are, you're good. But if you want to make that decision for the first time, stand up right now in this room and say, I am going to choose Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know this is bold. This is where it's like, uh, uh. got two of you. Thank you very much. Normally, here's what other people do. Close your eyes. Don't want anybody to look around. Why not, man? This is Jesus who loves you. Anybody else want to make that decision right now today? Saying, I'm not going to stand before God anymore on my own righteousness. I'm going to receive Christ in his right. Awesome. Keep, keep popping up.